0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino is a paid program. When your personal investments need help, to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show that's dedicated to those of
1: you 50 plus in your overall investment, tax, and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. We have a really interesting um, show here for you today. First up is Dennis Da De Silva. He's the managing director and a senior portfolio manager at Midfield Group. And he's going to be talking to us about investing in agriculture. You know, what's happening with food and food prices. Is there a way to invest in that sector? And there is, you can invest into an agricultural fund. And uh, Dennis is going to tell you all about that. And then joining us is Craig Bassinger, who's a chief financial strategist. So he's not a portfolio manager. He does the strategy for the uh, portfolio managers and how they should allocate their accounts. So we're having him come on the show to talk to us about how we should look at, you know, the allocation of our accounts in this, um, you know, this recessionary, close to recessionary environment that we're in. But first, you know, the markets continue to be weak. So we continue to be careful and positioned for more possible downside with the understanding that there's going to be an epic buying opportunity coming up here that's going to present itself shortly. But we, we think it's somewhere now and into the horizon but we don't know how far out the horizon is uh, and that's the issue that we have because we want to find an entry point to start buying and start positioning accounts once we know that the risk reward uh, is uh, more favorable towards our side so we're going to be on the lookout for um you know opportunities as we go along and then gradually piece our way into this marketplace so even if we find a good opportunity we're going to piece our way into that because, you know, there's still lots of up and down as we go through this. So, you know, keep a lookout for my notes. If, you, if you're not on my list, um, I have to do is give uh Dominique a call and get onto what's called my notes list. So what I do there is I uh publicize a group of analysts that we deal with and I kind of summarize what they're saying to us in terms of what we should be looking at. So these are analysts from all over North America and Europe and they're giving us ideas on how they're seeing uh, you know, the marketplace unfold in terms of what what they're looking at for buying and selling. So I summarize that, and then I send that out sometimes twice a week. So if you'd like to get on that list and you're not on the list, it's just an email, and it comes out. It's easy to read and understand, and I, I, I paraphrase things, so it's not a lot of uh, reading and a lot of analysis. So if you'd like to get a copy of it, it it's called The Notes. All you got to do is give Dominique a call now at one 891 2637 That's one 1- 866-891-2637 to get on the notes list and uh, if you get voicemail just leave your um, your name and your email address and uh, we'll get it out to you and um, they come out you know sometimes on Tuesdays and usually on Friday so they can uh, take a look at it over the weekend and she'll get it out to you so it's one 891 2637 ask for my notes and where I'm going to basically paraphrase all kinds of uh, research and analysis that we're getting from all kinds of firms all across Canada, United States, and uh, Europe. And also, you know, what we've decided to do is we're going to have an in-person workshop, and it's going to be a luncheon, so full lunch will be served. It's going to be in Mississauga. It's going to be on Wednesday, uh, July the 6th, and it runs from 12 noon to 2 p.m. We're going to have a portfolio manager come out and talk to you for half of that time, and then I'll also talk about... You know, all the things that you should be thinking about in terms of, uh, financial, tax, and estate planning. So you get a well-rounded, uh, view of, um, you know, overall planning and your investments and, and what you should be doing. And, uh, there's no cost and lunch is included at the end. So it's, um, just give Dominic a call if you'd like to be invited to that because we're just in the process of setting up in- invites and how many people would attend. Um, so that's one eight six six eight nine one twenty six thirty seven. The other thing we're going to do is we're going to, uh, do it in a large hall so that, you know, even though everything, the mandates and, uh, you know, the mass mandates and all that have been lifted, we still want to be careful, so we'll spread out the tables so that there's lots of room for us to uh, sit in there. We're not going to go into a cramped room for this. So that's going to be around, uh, I know, for uh, July the 6th, and I'll run from 12 noon to 2 p.m. So call Dominique, leave your name and number, And uh, she'll uh, send you out an invite when the time comes that we have it all short up for exactly what we're going to do there with that seminar. And also sign up for the uh, notes. The other thing that we have is, uh, you know, our website is, uh, you know, really getting built out and it's great. So if you go there, you can can see all of the the, uh, interviews that we do. And also there's a section there on calculators. So if you're doing financial planning, uh, Dominique's put together a great uh, tab there. You click on calculators. And it helps you do all of your planning for a uh, calculator. It also has uh, a RIF minimum and max, uh, minimum uh, calculator for you to put your RIF money in there. LIF minimums and maximums. So it has uh, all the calculators that you need to help you out with your financial planning. So that's primetimemoney.ca. Okay. Do you have any uh, commodities in your portfolio? What about food? What about agriculture? Stay right there. Dennis Da De Silva, he's the managing director and senior portfolio manager at Middlefield Group, is going to give us his best ideas. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Prime 10 Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. So should commodities be part of your portfolio? Joining us now to talk about commodities, and in particular, agriculture, is Dennis DeSilva. He's the managing director and senior portfolio manager at Middlefield Group. Hey, good morning, Dennis. Thanks for uh, joining us again today.
2: Always a pleasure, Richard.
1: Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time, Dennis, and it's uh, great to have you back on the show. Um, You know, the average consumer... uh, has really seen, you know I have for sure, the significant food price increases. Is that due to the Russian invasion of the Ukraine?
2: Uh, well without a doubt uh, the Russian invasion of the Ukraine has had a significant impact on on food as well as many other industries. Uh, I think as you said to start with the question it's, it's well understood that food prices have been soaring. I think the average impact to the consumers, it, it gets increased by thirteen and a half percent of their disposable income, um, so it's quite noticeable. And, and obviously, Europe is engulfed in this uh, part of a war zone. Uh, there's also other factors. You know, we've had droughts in Brazil, which has impacted supply of certain foods and nutrients. Um, you've had protectionist policies, like India, which typically would supply wheat, has decided to ban exports and that tightens up the market also. So you're you're sort of getting it from everywhere in terms of things related to Russia as well as just normal dynamics. Unfortunately, a bit of a perfect storm coming together to have this impact on food prices.
1: Now with uh, higher wheat and corn prices, are are farmers doing okay?
2: You know, overall farmers are doing great. Um, You know, depending on who you speak to, some people think they might have another record year in terms of of income uh, for 2022. Um, I think they'll, they'll do extremely well historically, but certainly costs have been a factor. You know, crop input affordability has been deteriorating from sort of peaks, maybe last year, um, but they're quite favorable. The average farmer's not been complaining because they're, they're, the price they could sell at has grown significantly, but at the same time, like you hear across the spectrum, whether it's retailers or others, we've seen cost inflation creep in. So whether it's land costs or labor or equipment, and in particular, their input costs like fertilizers, you know, potash and nitrogen and phosphate, uh, those things have tripled over the last 12 to 18 months. So um, I think they're coming off their extreme levels, and we'll see some moderation in that inflation. But then that will correspond to probably a little bit of a, a coming off the peak with respect to things like wheat and corn prices. So everything, I think, will adjust over the next 24 months. Um, and obviously, the the change can be even more significant if the battle in the Ukraine ends sooner than later, which we'd all hope for.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, now, clients have called me and said, "You know, what? How do how do I participate in you know food and and uh, agriculture? Uh, which, what's 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 your way to do that?
2: Yeah, there, there are not a lot of choices, actually. Surprisingly, despite the fact that food and agriculture are such an important part of everybody's d- daily lives, uh, for Middlefield itself, what we did over a decade ago was we launched an agriculture mutual fund oh, Okay, uh, that's performed extremely well over that time period. So that's one traditional way to do it. For people who are looking for perhaps a yield on top of the macro view, We launched a fund uh, last year called the Sustainable Agriculture and Wellness Fund. It's a TSX-listed, what we call a closed-end fund, and that has about a 4% yield. So you kind of collect a coupon while you're participating in this very long-term theme that's again, impacts everybody's lives daily. Um, So I think that's another option. You know, there's a decent amount of overlap between the two, but I think – the Sustainable Agriculture and Wellness Fund, what's unique about it besides the yield is it also has this component of wellness, which incorporates healthy lifestyles beyond just, you know, what you eat. So it has a bit of health care and it has a little more consumer staples uh, as well as consumer discretionary um, beyond just the traditional fertilizers and materials, things like that.
1: Okay, so the, the the second one that we just talked about there, the um, what's the symbol for that? That is AGR.UN. AGR.UN. And what's the name of the mutual fund, your mutual fund that's agriculture?
2: It's called the Middlefield Agriculture Class.
1: Okay, that's great. Now, one area, before you go, we have about a minute left. Um, you know, um, We've done very well with oil and gas and uh, had substantial returns so far um, because we've been in it the whole time. But is it too late to get in for people who haven't got in yet?
2: I could say categorically it is not too late. Okay. I mean, it's been the top performer in 2020. People can be intimidated by those types of returns. But I think if you look at the space in Canada in particular has been our full. If you used $80 U.S. a barrel of oil and $4.5 gas, keeping in mind we're north of 100 and we're north of $8 in those respective commodities, the average multiple for Canadian stock is about six times 2022 cash flow. That compares quite favorably on an earnings basis to something like the TSX at 16 times or, say, the S&P at 20 or 21 times. So uh, I have no doubt you're not too late. This is about a story that will last several years as the industry kind of goes through significant shifts and commodity prices will remain high. I'm not going to say they're at 120, but we see no reason why oil can't be north of $80 for the next few years and gas north of 4 dollars
1: Oh, That's great. Um, thanks for taking the time to join us again, Dennis. I know you're, uh, you're busy, and uh, hopefully we'll get you on again real soon and we'll continue this discussion.
2: Always a pleasure, Richard. Take care.
1: All right. Take care. Okay, that was uh, Dennis DeSilva. He's the managing director and senior portfolio manager at Middlefield Group. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Middlefield Group. Okay, if you're at or near to retirement, what's the optimal portfolio mix that you should have? 50-50, 60-40, 70-30? Stay right there. Craig Bassinger, who is a chief market strategist at Purpose, will give us his thoughts on this. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. Asset allocation. Is it important when everything in your account seems to be going down? Let's find out. Joining us now is Craig Bassinger, who's the Chief Financial Strategist for Purpose Investments. Hey, good morning, Craig. Thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day today to uh, join us. I know that you're in Prince Edward Island today calling in. Uh, We wanted to talk to you because you're, uh, you know, Chief Market Strategist and you look at portfolio construction and how people should set up their accounts. And, you know, the big, the big concern today is, you know, given the market backdrop and what's happening in the economy with, uh, you know, potentially uh, close to or at a recession right now, how should they have their, um, you know, looking at how they should have their uh, accounts allocated? And I guess we should start with like a 60-40 split. Is that an antiquated idea now? Was that something that the, uh, you know, the boomers used before ETFs came out, before easy access to other asset classes?
3: Yeah, I mean, thanks, Richard. Thanks for uh, having me. And, uh, you know, I would say from a a portfolio construction perspective, uh, you know, it has always been about combining different asset classes and different investments to try and come up with, you know, a portfolio that has the best probability of, you know, getting you to where you want to be or whatever your return objectives are with with a manageable amount of risk. And, you know, I think I know people sort of especially in our industry, sort of hack on the 60 because it's kind of an oversimplification of like 60% equity, 40% bonds, you know, sounds pretty simple. Uh, and that's probably, you know, the core of most people's portfolios. But, you know, it, it's already even moved well beyond that. I mean, even just take the 60 on the 60% equities or stock component of, you know, this sort of Plain vanilla portfolio, and you know people now have access to Canada, U.S., international. You can get style tilts with value and growth, and dividend size factors. Like the list goes on, and, and same with the bond component as well. I mean, you're now investment grade, government, high yield, preps, bank loan, syndicated bank loans. You know the list mm-hmm. goes on, and and so you know I I get it. Like people sort of hack on the sixty forty, especially this year because you know correlations have become positive, but. You know, I think if you, if you look back over history, you know, the tools of portfolio construction have always changed. And you are 100% correct. You know, we have democratized strategies in this day and age where things that used to be only available to institutions, now many people have access to. And that's good. And you can build better portfolios, you know, with ETFs, alts, now liquid alts. Uh, but it's also made portfolio construction more complex and it needs kind of more of a thoughtful approach to it so you know I don't think the, the the core of what 6040 kind of describes is really just you know diversification really and putting portfolios together and I think the tools have always changed and they certainly have changed today and but but I would agree like this year has been very challenging especially yeah, for sure. I mean any portfolio really I mean who's getting who not just the 6040 there's <laughs> there's liquid alts that have gotten in trouble this year there's hedge funds that have gotten in trouble this year um and you know this is a period where we've we've got correlations between different asset classes rising and you know historically high and you know we've seen this before you know we've seen this in decades past and we've seen this for brief periods and you know i think we're just kind of going through a price reset in this environment
1: yeah you know um when you look at asset allocation uh, what drives your ideas on on that and um So, when you're looking at it, is it the the market that's going to drive your asset allocation, or is the investor and his objectives going to drive the asset allocation?
3: Well, you know, uh, you're the advisor, so from your perspective, it's probably more the investor. I'm a strategist, so I tend to look at the market more. Uh, But I think it's actually a combination of both, right? Like, you know, I think your asset allocation, broadly speaking, is, is driven by the investor. Like, that's the core, that's what you're trying to build a portfolio to reach those goals. Uh, but you also can't ignore the markets, right? Like if, you know, if you go back two years ago when bond yields were below 1% on 10 year yields in Canada and the US and everywhere in the world, and some of them were negative, like it would have been foolhardily to ignore that and, you know, be overweight bonds or be market duration, you know, and everybody was shorter duration because of it. So I think it's a bit of both. I, uh, you know, I think, you know, the, the core baseline portfolio should be driven primarily by the client, by the investor, Uh, and then around that, you should build sort of, you know, market sensitive components that tilt it in one direction or the other based on everything from valuations, uh, you know, sentiments, where we are in the market cycle, uh, just to get a bit more of a tactical, you know, layering put on top of it.
1: Right, so, you know, like with the investor build the uh, foundation and then be tactical around it. that type of thing. So, when you establish uh, a portfolio like you guys there at Purpose, how reactive is it? Is it, you know, the last 12 months, you know, we hit all time highs in, in different sectors and then we've gone into recession like corrections. Uh, do the, you know, like what you're looking at today is, it didn't hold true maybe didn't last summer, right?
3: No, this is, uh, this, 2022 is not like 2021. There is no denying that. Um, you know, from from our perspective, you know, typically what we do is, is and we work with a lot of advisors and, and clients, and mm-hmm. like I said, we'll we'll sort of create a baseline based on the investor or the cl- and client's objectives, and then we'll have sort of fundamental tilts around it. Uh, and then we'll also have a bit of a, a rules-based tactical component. And, you know, the baseline doesn't change. This year last year, because unless the client's objectives change, the fundamental overlay does. Uh, like I said, you know, short duration has been the way to go. But we've been adding duration with the yields moving higher. Uh, you know, we were fundamentally underweight U.S. Uh, and equal weight to sort of neutralize some of the concentration risk in the U.S. market. And now we're starting to add back into that, you know, into the growth and into the larger cap tech space. And again, that's just because you know, from a fundamental tactical perspective, you know, better opportunities are rising. And with these price moves, things are cheaper, other stuff's more expensive, and it just makes sense to make those kind of changes. And then on top of that, we we have, we run a, a tactical rules-based strategy that's a bit of a quant fund. And, and really, that's rules-based, so it doesn't even care what we think of the market. And really, that kind of does its own thing, but it just Creates this powerful diversification tool because it's really designed. If markets roll over, that it gets defensive very quickly, and if markets trend higher, then it just leans more into equity. So it's kind of a, an automatic way to add a tactical component
1: to a portfolio. All right, yeah. Um, so, like when you put together your portfolios there at uh, Purpose, uh, correct? like what tools do you guys uh, use in portfolio management that gives you kind of an advantage over someone who's trying to replicate what you do?
3: Yeah, I mean there's a few things Uh, i mean obviously you know purpose has, has a good lineup of funds but you know the majority of our work on the on the strategy side is working with advisors and we use you know products from all all sorts of firms and etfs and plain vanilla so i think the difference in our portfolio construction approach is is we certainly take a more complete portfolio perspective um i am i really dislike part of our industry that like says, Hey, look at this fund. It's better than this other fund. And where really you should be looking at the whole portfolio and determining, you know, how do you want it exposed? How do you want it tilted? So mm-hmm. we, we have a lot of analytical tools that we've developed that we use with advisor teams, uh, and their clients that looks at sort of weights, exposures to different asset classes, geography, style tilts, factor tilts, currency tilts. And, and that gives us a more holistic view of the portfolio. So I think that is a bit of a differentiator in, in how we approach portfolio construction. And we publish our views on these and where we think people should be more or less exposed. Uh, and, and then on our on our tactical quant strategy, I mean, it, it's a sidecar strategy. And the difference with that is it simply moves faster than uh, any of us ever would from a fundamental perspective. So it's got a great track record of, you know, we've been managing it for 10 years, the funds okay. been around for a little over five, and it's you know been very good at sort of sidestepping and getting defensive during periods of market turmoil and and still leaning into markets in, in up periods but that would just be hard to replicate just because of the speed at which it trades and, and sort of the algos that it's based on
1: yeah that's uh, excellent what's, what's the name of the f- of the fund again uh craig
3: yeah it's the purpose tactical asset allocation fund oh, okay well, yeah, and, it's, and, and it's really designed to like not it's not a full portfolio for anybody like it, it can go as much as 100% equity to 100% bonds. We use ETFs to move back and forth, and it can move very quickly, and, and that's sort of the, the strength behind it. It's a way to sort of outsource the the tough job of trying to be tactical because uh, who's getting who? We all like might think the market's going someplace, and once you've been investing for any amount of time, uh, you quickly realize that very often the market does what it wants to do, and <laughs> regardless of what you think it should.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, it's great speaking to you, Craig. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us, especially uh, all the way from uh, Prince Edward Island this morning. Thanks.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. You take care. That was Craig Bassinger, folks. He's the Chief Market Strategist at Purpose Investments. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed... Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Purpose Investments. Wow, that went by so fast. That's all the time that we have for today, folks. Join us next week when we talk to Paul McDonald from Harvest. He's going to talk about the healthcare industry and Chris Heeks from the Bank of Montreal is going to join us too. Remember, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and our podcasts are on Apple Music, Spotify,
0: Google, and others. See you next week, folks. I'm Richard Infantino, and this is Primetime Money. The strategies and advice during primetime money are provided for general guidance. Listeners should consult their own investment advisor when planning to implement a strategy. Interest rates, market conditions, special offers, tax rulings, and other investment factors are subject to change. Richard Infantino is an investment advisor with RBC Dominion Securities, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund.